Welcome to the Virginia Economic Review podcast. This is Stephen Moray, president of the Virginia Economic Development Partnership. And today I'm delighted to have with me Tad DeRisso, president and CEO of the Mid-Atlantic Broadband Communities Corporation, or MBC for short. Tad has a really exciting, interesting story about the founding of MBC, how it's developed over time, and the impact that it's had on the development of the economy of Southern Virginia. Tad, great to have you with us today. We'd love to maybe just start off by telling us a little bit about what was the catalyst for the creation of NBC and how, how did it all kind of come together? Thanks, Stephen. So we started this project way back in 2001. If you remember those times back in rural Southern Virginia, lots of job closures, lots of industries going away, never coming back again. Tobacco, textiles, Tobacco, textiles, manufacturing, exactly. All those traditional industries. So a lot of the leadership from Southern Virginia business leaders, political leaders, and the Tobacco Commission that was newly formed said, my gosh, how do we change the trajectory of our economy? How do we really try to attract technology companies to come and do some things here? So what was interesting is they were recruiting AOL, who was looking at a data center expansion. You know, they were in Northern Virginia. The internet was just bubbling up, trying to figure some stuff out. And one of the board members of AOL was from Southern Virginia and said, wouldn't it be a great economic story to have a massive multi-hundred million dollar investment in rural Virginia? So they came down and they talked and it's like, wow, I love your workforce. I love your taxes. I love everything about Southern Virginia, but man, your telecom infrastructure is bad. (laughs) You know, you have one fiber out, in and out. They're all owned by private sector companies. There's no competition. And some businesses were getting T1s, which is 1.5 megabits of connectivity for $8,000 a month. So it was very difficult to make the transition to say, come, high-tech companies and locate in our area and help us transition our economy. But there was really no way to do that because of the infrastructure and the lack of broadband, lack of competition. David Hudgens with Old Dominion Electric Cooperative was my client at the time. And we said, well, how do we do this? Idea is to get fiber to every single industrial park in Southern Virginia. And then the idea was you build this infrastructure, you let the private, you know, connect to private sector networks. So they do what they do best, which is provide competitive access at competitive pricing to solve the problem. And then you essentially charge them an access fee. Exactly. Yeah, whether it's dark fiber, whether it's transport, you know, connecting their networks to Southern Virginia. It was an interesting first 30 days on the business case because we took a quick look and said, well, my gosh, if you get 100% of the business in this region, you can't even cover the debt service of $70 million of capital. <laughs> so, so either uh, there needs to be some grants involved or we got to <laughs> subsidize this thing somehow. Right. So that's where the Tobacco Commission really came in and said, you know, our job is to invest in infrastructure to help revitalize our region. How do we do that? We came up with this idea, build a fiber network, we make it open access, and we make it wholesale. Public dollars are going in to build an infrastructure that traditionally the private sector does, but there was no business case for the private sector to make. So we said, let's open it up, let's make it strictly wholesale. So we're not competing in the retail space, we're not hooking up residential homes or businesses or schools and serving them directly, how to make that work. So we came up with this crazy idea of saying, let's form NBC, let's make it a not-for-profit organization, and 
let's get it done. So the Tobacco Commission and the federal government, Department of Commerce, liked what we put together, liked the idea, and they funded us with the first $6 million from Department of Commerce Economic Development Administration, which then led to a match from the Tobacco Commission for $6 million. So $12 million to start. And then as we started building, there was additional phases and investment from the Tobacco Commission. So we were building out Southern Virginia, and then other groups were building out Southwest Virginia uh, Mm -hmm. with tobacco dollars and federal dollars. When we started in 2004 to finishing the first kind of phase of construction in 2006, we basically turned the switch, turned the lights on in 2006, and then we started seeing ISPs and carriers and cable companies start to take advantage of this network. Because now, if you think about it, they never had an opportunity to improve networks provide more access, lower costs, all that started to emerge. And now you've got this really amazing ecosystem that's helped develop over the years to greatly reduce the cost of access. So Southern Virginia is no different than Northern Virginia, Richmond or Hampton Roads when it comes to retail broadband pricing. So we just wanted the level playing field. And thanks to the public sector grants from the commission and federal sources, we were able to do that. So it's been an amazing thing to watch and and seeing the impact that has. When I look back over the, I guess, the multi-decade existence of the Tobacco Commission, this has got to be considered one of the great success stories of that effort. I think they have said that, and we appreciate them saying that. (laughs) We take our fiduciary responsibility very seriously. You know, we use their grant dollars to go build all this infrastructure. That is an asset that is going to be here for well, probably forever <laughs> to keep connectivity and, and keep folks connected. So we love the idea and they appreciate the fact that, you know, we've been good stewards with the grant dollars that have been invested in us. They even like better the fact that we no longer require grants or we no longer require subsidies. Those ended, gosh, probably eight, nine years ago. So all of our building and additional fiber work is now self-funded. So we sell services, sell bandwidth, sell dark fiber, co-location. The revenues that come into NBC help support the organization, but then everything that's left over goes right back into the network for either capital projects or Mm -hmm. funding a lot of our social good nonprofit activities like high school robotics teams, social programs, matching funds, all those kind of things. How much in total has been invested in the infrastructure so far? To date, $60 million from the Tobacco Commission, about $40 million from the feds. There's a couple rounds of grants, different programs that we were able to capture. So $100 million of grants, and we have probably reinvested 30 to $40 million of NBC dollars back into the network. Wow. And it just continues to grow, continue to expand the footprint. More projects, more customers, more investment in Virginia. We don't have shareholders, stockholders, so it makes it easy to do well by doing good. <laughs> well, it's an incredible story and one of the great assets of Southern Virginia. As I was thinking back to the founding efforts, as you talked about business planning and looking at different scenarios, I was reminded of a business school class that I took on entrepreneurial ventures with a guy named Bill Salmon. And uh, Salmon talked about how he had personally looked at thousands of business plans and over the course of reviewing those thousands of business plans over multiple decades, there was only one business plan in which the actual outcome was similar to what was originally envisioned. (laughs) I'm curious, when you go back to the beginning and the economics you envisioned, the scope and sort of business model, how close was it to what you all originally expected? What was sort of different than what you expected? 
Yeah, great question. So what was fascinating is we actually looked back at that business plan a few years ago. The original plan that I developed as a consultant back in Atlanta. And I think the biggest thing was what we thought we would price things out and what we thought the bandwidth would be was not even close. So we anticipated, oh, well, we'll have all this fiber. We can do T1s. We can do OC3s, right? So 100 megabit, 300, 600 megabit. That's going to be a lot of bandwidth. Well, <laughs> those Little expectations you know. <laughs> were blown away, right? Now we're in 100 gigabits, right? So factors of 10x, 100x from what we initially anticipated. And it's interesting in our industry because we provide this transport connectivity. It's a commoditized business, right? So typically your bandwidth goes up, but your pricing goes down. Right, right. But we see that time and time again. And What's been really interesting to us is we thought we'd have huge growth in all of these circuits and lit capacity, but what's been fascinating and really good for our business is the dark fiber business. It's not a scary term. (laughs) Obviously, one of the big things you all had in mind was how do we unlock some economic development opportunities that wouldn't otherwise happen. Can you just talk a little bit, Tad, about, you know, over that, it's been almost 20 years now since the sort of the birth of this, or at least the genesis of it. What types of economic benefits or private sector activity do you think have, have really resulted from this really unique model that you all built? I think probably the biggest one is from our local economic developers. They no longer have to answer the question, where's broadband in my industrial park? And of course, the data center industry was taking notice and worked very closely with VEDP back in the day to help land the Microsoft data center in Southern Virginia. Just to give you a little color commentary, back in, I guess it was 2008, Microsoft started a search for an East Coast data center, big Big, big data center hub, right? So they started from Maine to Florida, started whittling sites down, and they ended up with two sites, one in Virginia, one in North Carolina. And we really had to step up to the plate and make this work for Microsoft. So during that site selection process, you know, one of their biggest concerns was, well, in North Carolina, the site we're looking at is right on these major internet backbones, right? It's close to the interstate. We have all this access. But the site we're looking at in Virginia is not near that stuff. And if we want to connect back to those networks, that's 50, 70 miles away. We were involved in those early meetings and we raised our hand and said, hey, we're this company (laughs) called NBC and we actually can help solve this. So we made a bunch of trips to Redmond, Washington over a six to seven month span to get them comfortable with our network. It's a carrier class network, right? We run this just like any company runs a very important infrastructure project. And they embraced the idea that, hey, we could actually use this infrastructure to facilitate what we need, connect back to the outside world, and then that could really work. So we were glad to be a little part of it. But to see the growth from 2010 when the announcement was made to today, it's never stopped. Construction continues to happen. Every day, there's, I don't know, three, 400 people that show up on site building and expansion and more expansions. And it's, I don't know when it'll stop, right? <laughs> if you look at Microsoft corporately, their cloud product, Azure, Xbox, think of Office 365, how many people in the world use this kind of stuff, machine to machine communications, international connectivity. It has just blossomed into this massive uh, economic impact in Southern Virginia. And, you know, what's really been amazing is to see how that's changed perceptions, right? So now what used to be an empty industrial park for 10 plus years, all of a sudden you have all this activity and construction and what's going on there. And to have that data center, which some in Microsoft say is the largest in their portfolio worldwide. And depending on who you talk to in the industry, some say it's one of the top five largest data center sites in the world. Wow, look at the impact of that. And that's happening literally in a town of 500 people. Who would have thought 
that could happen. It's been a wonderful story. You know, earlier this year, I had an opportunity to visit Microsoft headquarters in Washington State, and it was great to hear them talk about what a great experience they've had in Southern Virginia and, and this unique asset that NBC offered them to really make them successful here. So it's really been, I mean, so many great outcomes, but that probably is the most notable. Absolutely. <laughs> Certainly the most visible <laughs> yes, yes, uh, that, we, that we could think of, and many, many others. You know, as we look at development across the Commonwealth and our smaller metro areas and our rural regions, regions of Virginia, one of the big challenges they face is the lack of, of broadband mm-hmm. access. And as you know, it's not just important for economic growth, it's important for health care, for education, for social connectivity, for so many other reasons. We actually have one of our issues of Virginia Economic Review is all about America's rural growth challenge. And I had an opportunity to visit with some of the rural development leaders in several other states across the country. And to the person, they talked about the broadband challenge. And it's just really exciting to me that you all were able to see this and take action in a really proactive, really prescient way decades before other states were really getting on board. And so now we're actually excited that the governor and the General Assembly, as you know, are taking action to try to enable other communities across Virginia to be successful, particularly you know the rural communities of Virginia. I'd be curious about your thoughts about what the state's been doing recently in sort of stepping up its efforts to encourage broadband deployment across the Commonwealth. It has been so great to see the state really take a leadership role in figuring this out. It's not a complex problem to expand broadband. It's a math problem, which is dollars and cents. So the technology part's really, really easy. It just comes down to when you have less people to connect, but it costs the same to put a mile of fiber in Danville as it does in Daleville, uh, you know, it becomes challenging. So the state being able to subsidize that is great. But what we're really excited about is the state really saw how do we enable the private sector to solve this problem? Because there are many, many examples of where states or municipalities have said, oh, we're going to do this. Heck with the private sector. We can do this better. And that causes all kind of problems and angst and, and things like that. But most of our customers are participants in the ADI program from the state to acquire some of those subsidy dollars. The Tobacco Commission still invests in, in last mile projects. But what we love about it is it's everybody's got a little skin in the game, right? It's not a handout. It's a, hey, private sector company, you put some money in. We're going to help you get over the barrier to get your business case right. And then you're going to be able to make that last mile connection happen. We're excited to see that. I think what that has done in the state is led a lot of the electric co-ops to also see that, right? Serving their members, a lot of rural areas. Mm -hmm. And what we really enjoy about the electric co-op saying, hey, let's take Virginia's leadership role and let's go figure this out. I mean, look at when some of them are doing like Mecklenburg Electric. They've come out and said, look, we need to get connectivity to all of our members. Nobody else is going to do it for us. And I don't need to make a 20% return in three years. I can break even over 20 years, and that's totally fine. So having cooperative mindset, the ability to say we're investing for the future, you know, we don't have, not there's anything wrong with private equity funds, right, but (laughs) they do have return requirements. You know, it allows you to do a lot more stuff in areas where it just really doesn't make business sense to do it. And then we're seeing the state and others help close that gap to, to make it work. So it's great to see, and I, I think what's really amazing is the private sector has also embraced that program, right? So you have companies that traditionally have been like, eh, don't get into our business, we don't want to mess with the state. But the state listened and set it up where there's not a lot of odd strings attached, mm-hmm. and it makes it easy for these multi-billion dollar companies to say, yeah, we can invest in this and extend our footprint, and that's a good thing to do. Well, we think it's wonderful, and I think as you're aware, as we 
have thought about what would it take to really position every region of Virginia for growth? And mostly answering that question is about saying, how do you position our rural regions for growth or sure. small metros for growth? We think this is going to be one of the most important pieces. And I, I really believe that the work that you and your collaborators and partners at NBC have done it in a lot of ways laid the groundwork for this ambitious effort for the Commonwealth as a whole to be able to drive this. So really appreciate that and, and what you guys have accomplished. What's been the biggest challenge or challenges that NBC has faced over the years? So to take a publicly funded asset and then monetize that and make it a private sector asset that creates a lot of excess revenue is challenging. Right. And so we know that, you know, our board of directors, our management team, we're very cognizant of, hey, we're not in this to make lots and lots of money. We're in here to serve a purpose, which is revitalizing a region. And we sure don't want to give up the reins to a private sector company that may not have the same mission and values that we do. Again, nothing wrong with that. It just doesn't quite work for us. So finding capital to continue the growth and expansion has probably been our biggest challenge. No, that totally makes sense. You know, data centers have become a big focus for Virginia. As you're well aware, you know, we're not just a leader in the region or in the country. We are the world leader in data Absolutely. center development. <laughs> and one of the things that we're most excited about in that sector is that while Northern Virginia certainly is the biggest and like we will continue to be, we're seeing increasing growth of the data center business in Greater Richmond and Southern Virginia and Hampton Roads and Southwest Virginia, other parts across the Commonwealth. It really is becoming a statewide industry. What do you think it is that that makes the Commonwealth so attractive for the data center business and where do you think it could go in the future? Yeah, I think probably the biggest impact Virginia has is Ashburn. And we always say, you know, Northern Virginia is the reason, Northern Virginia is the reason. But if you look back to where the internet got started and why everything developed the way it did, there was a lot of connectivity in Northern Virginia, Ashburn continued to grow. So if you look five to maybe eight years ago, the largest pockets of internet connectivity globally were between London and New York. Makes sense, right? Most of your submarine cables into that, you've got a lot of financial institutions, et cetera, et cetera. Well, fast forward today, the largest places of internet peering and connectivity in the world are between Ashburn and Amsterdam. So <laughs> all of a sudden, Virginia is right in the bullseye because of all the connectivity, because of all the investment. And there's really no way around that, which is a great problem to have. So essentially like an early lead has kind of sort of grown exponentially over time. That's where May East formed. And not the, messing it up. Exactly. <laughs> most, most, most important. Yeah. And I think Virginia has historically been great for business capital investment. We have a very good tax scheme for data center recruitment. We're very competitive nationwide and globally for that. So I think as you see how that progresses, that just leads more and more people to look at Virginia. Really the, the need to be proximate proximity to Ashburn is a key part of that. Richmond is growing tremendously with data center assets, not just with what QTS, the large million square foot data centers produce. You have some financial institutions with data centers. You have more, well, Facebook announced mm -hmm. their massive yep. data center there. And RICO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of that's due to the power infrastructure, right? Dominion Energy has a very robust system, but also a lot of green power. And more of that's coming online, which is important for the data center industry because they use so much power. So I think that proximity to Ashburn and just Virginia being in the core ability to put that together and the proliferation of fiber networks throughout the states really driving that. Whether it's far southwest Virginia, Microsoft in southern Virginia, Richmond, if you got small cable landing stations in Virginia Beach, Hampton Roads, you know, all of those are connecting together to make bigger things happen. So that's that's just been a tremendous advantage for Virginia and will continue to be for the foreseeable future. What do you kind of foresee with the, the new cable landings on Virginia Beach? There's been a lot of 
enthusiasm about that. Absolutely, and, and rightly so. I think the first cable that we were involved with, the Marea cable from Spain, as you know, Microsoft was leading that initiative brought along Facebook and, and Telsius for that. But their needs were, we need to connect Ashburn to Europe. And how do we make that happen? And we need to connect our data center to Europe. So as they've looked at those developments, you know, New York, New Jersey were big time cable landings. Well, Hurricane Sandy hit was five, six years ago, wiped out a lot of network access very quickly, which left some people stranded. And that's where, you know, Microsoft and other tech companies said, hey, we've got to diversify this. This is not good for long term to have all these cables landing in this geography. So they spent a lot of time looking and ended up in Virginia Beach because that is the closest, most efficient connect point to Ashburn geographically that you can make. So Virginia is very fortunate that the Outer Banks doesn't really work very well for landing cables. Maryland's not great for that. So we're in a a good geographic sense for that. But I think what, what these cables really mean to Virginia is providing that access and diversity. Now we've always had folks say, well, gosh, all these cablers are landing in Virginia Beach our internet's going to be like $2 a month. We're going to have all this capacity for so so less dollars, right? The challenge for that is that that's not really what it's for. Exactly. (laughs) It's really providing more diversity, more scalability, more capacity for these tech companies and carriers to be able to do what they do best. When you look back, I mean, we're now looking at, I guess, a couple years away from kind of the 20-year history, at least since the genesis of NBC. What accomplishments are you most proud of? It may sound cliche, but the thing that makes me proudest about NBC is the team we've built in South Boston. A lot of people ask, we go to these industry meetings nationally and globally, and we give out our business card, and they say, South Boston, Virginia, never heard of it. Where is that? (laughs) They say, are you by Logan Airport, right? And we say, no, it's uh, this little town in Halifax County. (laughs) They were like, was there like a telecom industry? I mean, what's the driver for South Boston? We're like, well, we don't really know. We started in Danville. We had a outside plant folks in Halifax County. We decided to move our office to South Boston, and we've just grown it from there. So what's been exciting to me is to see our young team that's in South Boston that would never have the opportunity to work for this type of high-tech company with this kind of reach, this kind of impact. It's been incredible to see that, the dedication they have, the excitement they bring into the office every day. makes our jobs easier because everybody's able to take care of business every day. And we're out there promoting the region, promoting NBC, working with our customers, and that that makes it all the all the better. Just the ability for having the impact region-wide to have 26 different counties and localities that we work with where our fiber impacts and being able to help them with economic development prospects, help them with talking about broadband. So we like the idea of being out there and available and and trying to make an impact in the region. It's a wonderful story. Last question for you today. Uh, It's been just a, a thrill to get a chance to hear a little bit more about the history of this great entity. What's on the horizon? What's next? In fact, in particular, as you think about the next decade. So as, as NBC starts to move into essentially the third decade from its conceptual founding, what do you see happening in the next 10 years? Just from a core business principle, we continue to expand the fiber to different parts of Virginia through partners and uh, relationships is we that, have with Is big that companies. new localities or is it more different geographies within those localities you're already in? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. So the customers that we work with, they like what we do. They feel comfortable with that. And they ask us to d- get to places that we're not. And so they help us figure out how we'll make that happen. And they also help fund those projects. <laughs> so that helps us from that perspective. What I what I really see is, you know, the core business will continue to operate, will continue to expand, have more capacity. All that's very traditional in the telecom business. But the relationships we've been able to establish with Microsoft and their TechSpark initiative to really reinvest, create digital skills. How do we set up our workforce for the next 
20, 30, 40 years. And without those coding, digital skills, digital transformation, without anyone doing any of that, you know, we're going to be right back where we were in early 2000s saying, oh my gosh, all these companies are gone. What do we do now? So we like to take that role of saying, how can we bring together these technology companies, these businesses to make an impact. So the Sova Innovation Hub's probably our biggest initiative, you know, the new building we're mm -hmm. putting in with Microsoft yep. downtown South Boston to really show, hey, you can do co-working spaces, entrepreneurs, all these different startup organizations. It'll be very difficult to try to get a company to come in to hire a thousand people for coding jobs in Southern Virginia. But if we can grow our own, which has shown that that really works, I mean, Look what happened in Palo Alto, right? You have people starting businesses in their garage, and next thing you know, they're billion-dollar companies. So whether we're rose-colored glasses or not, we really think that the future of Southern Virginia is with the kids that are in high school and middle school today. And hey, they could be the next massive company, given the right tools, given the right skill sets, given the right ability and, and motivation and, and hope that they can actually accomplish that. So we're really excited about our impact in that area. And yeah, we operate our core business, which is not really exciting, but a lot of blinky lights. <laughs> but really leveraging that to make an impact in our communities and, and to see where that can really lead over the next 10, 20 years is going to be really exciting. Well, Ted, congratulations on what you all have accomplished in the last nearly two decades. Thank you for the leadership you've provided, and thank you so much for the impact NBC is having on Southern Virginia and the Commonwealth as a whole. It's great to have you today, and great to have you as a big part of our economic development team in Virginia. Great. Thank you so much, Stephen. I appreciate it. This podcast has been brought to you by the Virginia Economic Development Partnership. Thanks for listening.